Okay. Um, so I'll give you a little little bit of background. Uh, yesterday was my birthday. Oh yes, um, happy birthday! Thank you. A year ago, I was in Austin, Texas, and I was uh, drunk, and I was alone, like completely alone, and I didn't really want, didn't really want to live, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yesterday, so much different. I was sober, you know, none of that was that, you know, none of those feelings were really there, but it was, it was definitely significant, like this big change, and, you know, felt really good about that. Um, and I started listening, well, prior to moving here, as I was trying to get sober after my birthday last year, I was talking to my friend, his name's Martin. And he lived, he lived in Ohio and we would talk every single day because he was like, he already had like a year sober. So he was trying to help me kind of like a sponsor, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, um, so I was really, you know, working on that, but not really succeeding or anything like that. But we talked and, uh, you know, I usually like ended up, you know, asking him a question at night, and then he would, he would jump back on board with messaging the next day, and, uh, I didn't hear from him the next day, which was kind of odd, but, you know, a couple hours later, I saw on Facebook that he had, uh, died in a car crash, Mm. so it was one of those things, absolute shock, right, Mm -hmm. so today, and I ended up getting sober anyways, um, you know, a few months later, but today, I was listening to, like, a song or something, and it uh, it, it uh, reminded me, okay, just bear with me for a second. It reminded me of, like, how quick and unexpected, right? Like, that flash. And the thing is, I kind of went into that, that space, like, that he went into, or what I think he went into, where it's, and then, and then, so, like, when you're kind of, like, after you, like, maybe you've already died and you see the world differently, I kind of went. Into, into that space and I've told Laura this and I think I've told you a little bit when I like have like a manifest like I call it manifesting or creating like a that little thing clicks like the circuit closes okay. in, in, in within my body right that circuit closes and then the thing manifests and it's only happened that I know of like three or four times you know in my life that I can recall well, the circuit fucking closed and clicked, and I was unexpected, and usually when that circuit closes, it's unexpected. I'm not trying to have that happen. So it clicked, and I was like, whoa, I didn't mean for that to happen, and my back got, like, halfway up my back got really cold, and it traveled all the way up, and it's like my back, my upper back has been cold, and like, and so it was like, Am I, did I just agree? Because that's always what it feels like, that I've just made an agreement. And did I just agree? And if I did, that's okay, but I'm really sad because I don't want other people to be sad. Mm. And I don't understand, you know, like, and now when Lada can talk about it, I can feel that, like, like that shit, it's like a cold Ish. It's not like freezing me, but you know, it's like a colder sensation mm-hmm. on my back. Like something is like right on my back, and I'm really not familiar with the bodily sensations of that. 
sort of thing. And like, is it okay that that I just agree? And like, because I'm kind of okay with it, but I'm not suicidal. Do you, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. more like it's more like something just very quickly. I agreed to something just very quickly removing me or something. Or is it just like I'm breaking down of like all my identities? Because I've been going through like that, that identity death. I don't know if it's ego death or what, but where I'm disidentifying with a lot of things that I thought were me. Uh-huh. So maybe it's just sort of representative of that. Well, we do have what we call death of sorts. And we do absolutely agree to those. And then part of us dies. So, I mean, it could be that. But let's look at the the other thing that I think is kind of important to understand is when we die, the impact it has on others. And then we carry a burden of grief thinking yeah. about that. So here's something. When I was a teenager and I wanted to commit suicide, the only reason I never did was because I had this real big sadness that whoever found me would take on some kind of responsibility for the fact that I killed myself. Yes. And I wasn't willing to put anyone through that. Same. Right. So part of that is we manipulate ourselves in order to hold our reality in place. So if we slow down and we think about that, when we're wanting to commit suicide, it tends to be because we're struggling with something that we feel is unsurmountable. And then once we can go past that, then that need to commit suicide goes away. So in order to hold ourselves in place, because we don't actually want to be dead, we just feel like there's no other option, like death would be the relief. Exactly. So we will find something to hold ourselves in place so that we don't do something that we don't actually want. So like you and I, we hold on to that idea that we don't want other people to suffer upon our death. Now, as an adult... Mm -hmm having died a couple of times. Um, when I was dead, there was no problem at all with worrying about what other people were experiencing. It was no longer okay. my job. I didn't have any regrets that I was dead. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, yeah. So th- it felt really good. I was happy to be there. Um, choosing to come back, I looked at the human side of it again. So when after my heart attack, when I came back and my um, middle daughter was really upset because she'd been involved in part of the process and um, she was upset that I was going to die with these circumstances in her life and I thought to myself oh I have to do something to fix that so I had gone to um, the person who did our will and everything and I said I want this put in place for my daughter and then I thought to myself afterwards I was like you know what I'm just trying to control her experience oh so, okay. I, as I started to learn more, because, you know, once you die, you come back, you start to see things clearly that you couldn't see before because you let go a lot of your baggage. So, what you're doing with the death of sorts is that same thing of letting go of the baggage. You don't have to have a physical death. Like, I had the physical death in order to let go because I didn't know how or have support at the time as far as I knew. Okay. So now, when you talk to somebody, you can look for support. You don't have to die. You can just have a death of sorts and let go of the baggage, which is, like you said, you're offloading these beliefs, what you thought was you, realizing they're not. So what you start to realize, the more of these beliefs that you let go of, is each person is supposed to have their own journey. Now, we can anticipate what somebody's going to feel like when we die and want to protect them 
But that's again, that's artificial control. I mean, once okay. you, I was just talking to my parents today because I've had in just the last week two family members pass. And I mentioned yeah. in a message to my parents that, hey, you know, give me a heads up when you guys are ready. <laughs> and I also said, you, get, you only get to do it right once. And, I, and that's so funny because once somebody dies, they don't get to come back and change anything. So you can imagine, since the world is perfect in its imperfection, that however you leave and however it impacts those that are left behind, that it's exactly what we all need. It's still perfect, yeah. Yes. Okay. See, the law of attraction demands the perfection. Yeah. So you don't have to carry this feeling. I okay. mean, you can, you can see when you're triggered to have that fear and ask yourself, you know, why? What am I doing to hold myself in place? So the fear of my death isn't actually that... I mean, like I said before, you're using a belief to hold yourself in place, which likely means you're not ready to die. Okay, I see. Even if I don't feel, like, I'm not afraid of the die. Like, what you said about where you, you died, and, like, there was no guilt. Like, it was yeah. perfection, right? It's it, like, delightful. I know, <laughs> yeah. So I know, what that, I know what that is. So even, like, I know that that side of it, that once I'm on that side of it how how wonderful and 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 light that feels but it's walking around in the human body so even if i'm not afraid of it the fact that i'm still you're still trying to control yeah yeah okay so that's the part that's burdening the human body now with two family members just having passed i have been looking um at this pain you know what causes me to weep what causes me to be sad when i already know all of these things that are true and what I've started recognizing is it's the false sense of responsibility or attachment and then also falling into fear. So I grew up with the idea that you need to spend time with people because one day they're not going to be around. Right? So I was yeah. made to be afraid that if I didn't spend time with people that I would lose something. So when yeah. somebody passes, that fear of loss automatically takes over. Okay. Now, yeah. It's completely unnecessary. And I've had to confront all of those unnecessary experiences over the last week. That, like, when I picked up my mother-in-law's ashes today, at a, I, I did that at 11 o'clock. And when I put them in the car, first thing I said to her was, Hey, Mary, how you doing? And she says, uh -huh. she says, good. Actually, she says, actually, first she said, not so good. This is not how I want to be riding in the car. <laughs> And then we both laughed, and uh -huh. and I was triggered for a second to fall into pain for the fact that she doesn't have her body anymore, and that that is supposedly supposed to be sad. But before right. I could fall into it, she said to me, this is going to be great. And I was like, yes, it is going to be great. And so I went back into, you know, everything is wonderful. The only time yeah. I fall out of that goodness is when I have a fear or a false belief. And so that's all you have to do. Every time you feel that, you just want to recognize whatever false belief you're using to control yourself. Okay. Now, so that's that part. Now, let's go back to, like, the feeling of coldness. And let's talk talk about that now again. Well, um, well it doesn't... It, it, it doesn't feel the same. It's like it's not cold on me. 
Okay. I still don't feel physically like all the way right. And I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. If it's anxiety, maybe. Well, let's. But, oh, go ahead. But I don't have that sense of like the, 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 the cold on my back. Right. So let's talk about what's changed. You've started to, to accept something that's more true than a belief that was given to you. And that changes the flow of energy in your body. When you hold a belief that's not yours, but you hold it to be connected or to be um, part of other people's experiences, then you, you stagnate your flow. Okay. Sometimes that cold is the blocking of energy that you were used to having. Okay, yeah. Okay. Sometimes it's the opening of energy that's cooling down the heat that was there of the friction of the block. So it, it can be either direction. It's, but I've never seen it as um, something to be worried about. It's just something to observe. Because okay. when you observe it with no decision of what it means, it's just the human's way of witnessing opens everything back to the space it's supposed to be. But if you observe it with a thought, then you become the creator and you can lock something in, and it's not necessarily what you want to experience. Right. Okay. Ah, that's when you become the creator. Mm-hmm. Right. Ob- huh. Just observation is is open flow, and everything supports you. Yeah. And when you lock in a thought, and you observe with a thought, then that's the control. Okay. If you don't like how something feels, you can immediately back out of your thought and go back to what you felt before you thought. It takes practice to be able to do that because we're so driven to, to think forward versus backwards. Yeah. <laughs> but it, once you master that, life is so much easier because you'll catch every time you do something that's out of balance. You'll be like, oops, don't like that. Back up. Where, what did that oh. feel like before? What was I, where was my experience before? And you That's can, amazing. Yeah, and you can use transference too. So another method of that is once you find yourself falling into this discomfort is have an item that you know always brings you back to a good place. And like one of my okay. friends, hers was puppies and kittens. And so every time she would feel herself falling, she'd go puppies and kittens, puppies and kittens. And sometimes she'd have to hold it, you know, that thought focus for like 30 seconds, maybe a minute. Mm-hmm. But the falling into the other energy stops because the brain is in control okay falling into the original energy right the energy the energy that you didn't want when you change the narrowed focus to something you do want you you can't pursue that path anymore okay yeah yeah because i have those uh transference things too like it's they used to be like a specific show all i had to do is turn the office on mm-hmm. and it would take me right out of that negative or that unwanted energy yes because you stop your ability to go forward because your your focus is very specific and the and the way you enjoy it is very specific and you can no longer go into fear or pain good job yeah interesting mm-hmm. and it, okay. it, again it is because we are the creators of all of our experience and we just don't realize how habitual we are and how the subconscious works. Here's another thing that makes it really difficult that I think will help you get through what, what it is you're going through with this is we're constantly looking for things that are the same. 
Now, because we do that, that's how we bring the past into the present. Okay. And, and the way to counteract that is to look for things that are different because they're there, but your focus isn't on them. And when you look for what's different, you recognize how you've changed, what you're creating in, in the way that you want versus how in the past you had something you didn't, you don't want now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's what I was doing last night. Like, not around this exact subject, although it kind of felt like that. But yeah, I was like, oh, look, I'm like not alone on my birthday. I'm not drunk on my birthday. Mm -hmm. Look at this house. Look at these lovely people. You know, look at this like cheesecake that I got. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. Like yeah. Yes. Versus, oh, I could easily, you know, yeah, you did that. You did it in a, in a very positive way and it gave you great joy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it was like this morning when I like listened to this one song reminded me of my friend Martin and it just boom I got I got into that a really odd feeling space so music opens up all kinds of space for sure and okay. when you play music and it takes you to a place you don't want to go you have the choice to turn it off pick something else or to investigate you know why does it take me there huh. okay but here's here's something I really want you to lock in Okay. You don't have to investigate spaces you don't enjoy. You literally can avoid them like the plague, and they, okay. will, they will disentangle over time. You know how they okay. say time heals all wounds? Yeah. See, we all think that if we, if we don't revisit something, it doesn't go away. We have to think through it. We have to understand it. And that's not true because the more distance you get from it, the further... Impact, the less impact it has and the more likely you are to put positive experiences that will be remembered versus this one that you don't enjoy. Now, okay. The only time I say that you should really go and dig in is if something mm -hmm. keeps popping up and trauma, like it's a trauma trigger for you and it keeps throwing you back, throwing you back. So okay. if you distance yourself a couple of times and the impact just gets worse, then absolutely we want to sit down and look at it. But... Heck, you know, some of my best experiences have been because I denied the indulging in a negative thought. Yeah, okay. You know? So, so you're, okay, because I really like that you said that, because I don't think anybody, not that I need permission, but kind of, because I also don't want to, what people call is be in denial. Right. So I'm always open to investigating, right? Mm -hmm. But then all, but then I get, you know, more stuck in that or that, like, it gets heavier as I investigate and, and, and it just gets completely overwhelming. So you're saying I don't have to fucking do that every time. Correct. Especially when it's overwhelming because th that also means mm -hmm. you're having an experience that's not the truth of who you are. Okay. Yeah. See, it's Got like it. we mentioned before that when you're a kid, you learn um, not to touch something hot because it burns your skin. But nobody teaches uh -huh. you not to touch a hot emotion. And yeah. they tell you push through it, burn yourself in that emotion. And all that does is create the habit of hurting yourself. That doesn't help you. Right. Now, I okay. understand there's a difference between what I'm saying and denial, though. I'm not saying deny yourself something. I'm not saying avoid it because you don't want to deal with it. I'm saying indulging in a negative thought. 
is not the same. Okay. Cause we're, that makes sense. Yeah, we habitually hurt ourselves because people told us, you have to. You have to experience this pain in order to understand it. You, I mean, just on and on. But, yeah. But think about it. When you're in a good place and you look at that memory, see, this is the difference. This is how you'll know if it's de denial or not. When you're in a good place and you look at that memory, it's going to be completely different than when you look at it and you're in a bad place. Okay, true. Okay. See, if on your best day you still look at that memory and it drags you down, that's something to dig into because there's something more going on. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. See, okay. Like, like, you know a song, you listen to a song and on a good day you can just sing along with it, but on a bad day you're going to bawl. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, uh -huh. that's the difference. It's about, so on a good day, if you look at something and it still makes you ball, then yeah, you've got something to check in, to check in. Okay. Because it shouldn't, wow. it shouldn't happen like that. You should be able to look at something from the place of where you are and experiencing it as you are in this moment. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's really helpful. Cool. Wow. Yeah, it's been a lot, a lot, a lot going on. I mean, I know it sounds like for for a lot of people, and I've been I've I've been feeling a little bit lost. I know. I can I can feel you. But I I think it's probably I feel like it's okay too at the same time. Agreed. If it wasn't okay, okay I would have been calling on you saying, "Hey, what's going on with you?" Okay. Okay. Yeah. It feels like some sort of process and, and I'm okay with that. You know, I just keep myself safe and, uh, yeah, but I definitely wanted to reach about that other stuff. Cause I, I just wasn't really sure what that was about this morning <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not suicidal. So that was like, it really threw me off. Right. Well, that's really good that you recognize that, that see, we have these subconscious connections of things and when we see something, we think, but I'm not that. Why am I, why is this happening? It's yeah. these subconscious connections popping up and we can, we don't have to assume that there's a problem. We can just keep looking at details. Okay. Right. We don't have to assume there's a problem. See, that's the habitual is assuming, wait a Holy minute, shit. am I going to die? Wait a minute. Am I, am I asking to leave the planet? I mean, that's. But I did like that you were able to say to yourself, well, if that's what I did, I'm okay with it, but it wasn't my plan. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're open to whatever's best for you or whatever is attracted to you that meets your need, but you're yeah. not trying to create something just because it appeared that this may be it. Okay, yeah. I think I, I, think I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's been a little... When it when those when those circuits close, it it is a little confusing in that way. But I just try to be like, okay, well, if that's what's supposed to happen, or that's then then okay. But it's not really what I desire right mm -hmm. now to happen. And I don't. And that's what hit me this morning is I didn't desire. I'm like, I don't desire to leave right now. I that's yeah. So that's when I started like getting really sad for like the people in my life. Let's talk about this other part of it, when it's a death of sorts, when a part of you is dying. Okay. Because oh, yeah. I do believe that you've been going through some death of sorts, and that's, like you said, letting go of the identity. And mm -hmm. we can be sad when that happens as well. We have to mourn the loss of ourselves just as we mourn the loss of others. 
So whatever your, your habits are, you need to go through it for every piece of yourself that you lose until you realize there is no loss. Now, oh, right. so, so if you don't go through the grief of losing a part of you dying, again, uh -huh. eventually you, you slough off enough things that you realize, oh, there is no, there's no negative to this. But right. while you still have the beliefs that it's a negative, you still need to go through the process, not jump over it. Because okay. this is part of the changing. So when you have this sadness for how other people are going to feel, again, it shows you that you still want to control your external reality instead of letting everyone have their own experience. And likely your need for control is about safety. So how you, how you start looking at that in is, why would I be unsafe if others were hurt? And how does that look in my living life to me? Ooh. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. And I know we touched on that uh, at some point, maybe Tuesday. That idea. Or one, one of the days over the last week or two. It's uh, all yeah. blended. Right. Like, they all blend together, I know. But part of the empathic self um, feels responsible for when others are hurt. And I think that's what you're referring to is, yeah. is how you take responsibility for others' pains. And if you can control the situation, they won't be in pain and then your life will be better. Exactly. Yeah. Because, because honestly, then I won't feel like a piece of shit. Yes. So that's taking responsibility for other people's experiences instead of watching and observing that they're allowed to have their own experience. Okay. It has, it has zero to do with you. And this is the part that's kind of confusing until you really lean into it. Everybody outside of you is living their own experience no matter what you do. And here's, here's how you can see proof in this. When you have somebody who yells and screams next to you, and if you cower because it's scary to you, you can truly know that's about you and not about them yelling and screaming. And the way you can know that is if you look around the room, there's some people that aren't cower cowering under that okay. fear. There's right. some people that will stand up and fight back. There's some people that will leave the room and not care. There's some people that will laugh about it. So yeah. everybody okay. has their independent experience no matter what you go through. Okay. And that's something that you always need to keep in mind. When you start to feel responsible, when somebody says, you did this to me, you can just back up and say there's zero truth in that. Wow. Okay. Holy shit. Yeah. Because that's that's my mom. My mom got my mom was physically ill, and blamed blamed it on my, on me growing up. Oh, that's a <laughs> terrible challenge to have to face as a child. Yeah. I mean, I'd be yeah. I mean, yeah. So I definitely took it on. Mm-hmm. And so your huh. life would be easier because. She would have behaved better. She would have loved you more. She wouldn't have been so cranky and awful if yeah. you weren't you, right? Yeah, totally. You can see why you take it on because, and I had to recognize that too, that when somebody's upset, I feel like they, they've stole something from me because I was having a good time and now they want me to participate <laughs> in their drama and I don't want to. I was fine. Uh-huh. So, yes, exactly. So if I help them feel better, then they can't steal my happiness. Versus me just being okay with, oh, you don't feel good. I'm still okay over here. <laughs> yep. You know, it's it's a really it's a really hard thing to separate from. But once you get good at it, you know, it's just like you said. You can turn on that show and you'll feel fine. 
So all you got to do is turn on in your head to remember, hey, I'm not responsible for that. I can observe it and I can have whatever reaction I want to how you're behaving. I can participate for fun if I want. I can participate to express some anger that has nothing to do with you. See, think about it. When you respond to someone yeah. else's experience, that is all about you and not about them. Yeah, totally. So if you want to act out in an angry way, again, that's only about you. Mm-hmm. And you can either do it if you, if you want to indulge in that, or you can say, oh, no, that's not the part of me I like to enjoy. So I'm going to look at why do I feel like I need this, and I'm going to just work on that. So, I mean, it's, it's really a choice no matter how you look at it. This is our control. Okay. Wow. How are you so smart, Christine? Oh, because I lived all of this the hard way. Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, started, um, it started years and years ago when I was dying, physically dying from multiple sclerosis. And, and I recognized that there was one moment when I, a day that I was well. And I thought to myself, if I can be well for one day, then I can be well for the rest of my life. And I started to look at whatever made me feel sicker, and I started working on it. And I started to realize that whenever I participated in certain things, that my symptoms got worse. And so in one way, I was very fortunate that I had a really, it was like a Geiger, Geiger counter that could show me, you know, what I was doing to myself. And in another way, I was really unfortunate because I had all this work to do in order to feel okay. But the thing is, I did feel okay after doing the work. Okay. So it became my responsibility. I started to see. I wanted everybody else to be in on it and do their part. But that was just me wanting to control my reality. Yeah. Oh, my God. So when I stopped wanting people to be different so that I could be okay, I had my only other resolve was to look at myself. Yep. Because that's all that's left, right? Yeah. I mean, in reality, yeah. I had to realize that everything I experienced, I was doing to myself. And and it's easy when you watch children, by the way. You can see a child get their feelings hurt and be like, oh, see, like the in, um, not the, the personification we do. Like when I was a kid, I would kick my toe on a table and one of my aunties would say, oh, that naughty table and smack the table for me. Well, yeah. that was me putting something external. That table didn't do anything. So when I started, when you start realizing that, you can start to recognize how you do that with everything in your life. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. The the blame. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, because blame's not a real thing. We made that up for fun. It just got out of control. (laughs) Yeah, we did. We did. And and I've gotten a lot better, but here's like, it's like, I don't want to say the last little bits, but there's more parts underneath that I'm still blaming people in situation and situations yeah and you'll you'll realize it and eventually you'll get tired of the way that feels oh the other thing that really really pushed me into being responsible for myself and not having any that that other baggage was whenever I did something I took a hundred percent responsibility for it without expecting another person to do it So, for instance, if I got in an argument with somebody and I realized it wasn't who I wanted to be, I would go apologize. Well, in the past, I would want them to apologize back and accept their part. Yeah. But when I stopped making the assumption that somebody had a part in it and I only focused on my participation, 
then <sighs> that's when real change in my life happened because that's when people were free to decide if they felt responsible or not. Okay. And see, and I have, I, I do do that. And, and what happens when I do that is I apologize, like for my part at, without an expectation that I know of with, and, and then after I apologize, I feel like a piece of shit and I, and I beat myself up, you know, ah, in whatever way that, that so, might be. Right. It shouldn't be that side of it. It should be the relief of here. Let me ask you this though, because this was what had to happen. I found that every time I yelled at my kids, cause that's not who I wanted to be. So I had to start recognizing sooner and sooner why I was behaving that way. Because how many times could I go and apologize to my 10 year old? Hey, I'm sorry. I yelled at you. I love you, and I'm sorry I yelled at you. How many times could I say that before they would stop caring? Mm -hmm. You know, so I had to work really hard and be very diligent to look at myself. Okay, why did I just yell at my child? Oh, I waited too long. I was already disturbed and bothered sooner than I let them know. So I had to start being responsible for communicating sooner. I yeah. think one of the things you're missing, if you're feeling worse after you apologize, is uh -huh. that you're taking on, again, you're being responsible for the problem versus just recognizing why was I treating myself this way? Responsible for the problem. Okay, yeah. So you went and you apologized and you and then you start beating yourself up for what happened. Uh-huh. Versus just seeing it happened because of these circumstances, because of this behavior, because of this belief, because I, like I said, for me, because I didn't speak up when I was getting annoyed, by the time I was so irritated that I couldn't take it another second my communications came out as a yell yeah yeah and I know that I haven't it's part of the, the, the not speaking up sooner mm -hmm. and that's something that I'm, I'm just starting to get better at is starting to speak up sooner that's that's new for me very new and that's where your focus should be not on I did this bad thing I hurt okay. this person, but on, oh, here's my resolution. This is all just a learning experience. There's no problem here. And, oh, I got another piece that might help you feel better. When I realized that everybody's in on it, that was a, a really a, a huge awakening. So, for instance, like I said, I, I had to realize that my kids were in on every experience, that I wasn't responsible for them, that it was the law of attraction in their lives that brought them into this experience with me. Oh, shit. Right. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, so you dear. have to realize they needed that experience for their own side. It had nothing to do with you, but you guys matched up and it works. So again, you're not responsible. They came in with their own stuff to have that experience. And what they got out of it is different than what you have got out of it. God, that's right. So we're actually helping everybody in every single experience. Right, because it's all perfect. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I need to write that it's all perfect. I need that back up. I used to have it written because, you know, like I knew that and mm -hmm. then you for and then I forget. Mm -hmm. And that's very common. The forgetting comes again as the veil starts to come back in, as we become habitual again. And so having people in your life that can remind you. I mean, I remember when Laura came into my life and I would teach her something and then like six months later... She'd be like, oh, I know this one. I'm going to help you right now because you already taught me this. <laughs> right. And she would yeah, throw it just, back to me. And I was like, oh, thank you for that. I forgot that piece. It feels so much better now. I totally forget. Oh, my God. Thank you so, so much. No worries. Shit. And I'm, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you could, that you, you recognize that. 
Oops, if you're talking, I can't hear you. You're glad Completely. that if I recognize what? Uh, that I'm, I'm glad that you can you recognize that you've known I've been okay, even though I haven't really been okay. Does that yes. make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. And I do know that when you're going through a death of sorts, when you're shedding these layers, be, part of the problem is you don't know what life's going to look like. And we're so used to knowing what our mm -hmm. experience is versus just not knowing. I mean, just that emptiness. It's, it, yes. It feels so weird and uncomfortable. But you've got nothing else to do. There's, you don't have anything to put in there. It has to be left to nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like I have no idea. Like, I thought I knew I was doing this whole time. I have, it feels like I, I don't know what I'm doing. Yep. <laughs> it's like a surrender, it's a, a complete surrender of, oh, wow, just like, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. Okay, cool. Just don't forget to eat. Like, that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. That's one of the things that most of us do. We do, we forget to eat. We'll be like a whole day and like, oh, crap, I forgot to eat. All day long, I didn't think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm reminding myself, don't, okay, just don't forget to eat, you know, maybe do some sit-ups and some push-ups and just fucking just hang in there. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool, let's do it. Awesome. You're doing a great job. That's the best you can do for yourself. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, I got to cut this other person called me right when we were talking and she's, okay. uh, she, she's, yeah, we're kind of going through this drinking not 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 drinking thing to drink and i'm gonna help her hey guys sorry the recording cut off abruptly even though we ended the room it was a computer interference so uh thanks for listening and have a great day hope it helps